Jones. Um, so this is episode what? O O O two? I think so. I think it's O O O two. Is that uh is that in what's grams? Is that is it same in grams? Uh, um I don't. I don't know. You don't know. You mean the, the, the weight? Metric, the weight of this? Yeah, the number of an episode. Does it change with the metric system? Um, Is it different? I, I I don't think so. I think we're you good. Think, okay. I think okay. we're good. But I have been making coffee and pizza dough, and it uses grams, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, you know what? Uh, By yes. weight, I'm with you too. Every morning, I weigh out thirty grams of coffee grounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. No, it's, no it it's and then I but but then just to show you know that I'm not totally unpatriotic, I uh, I, I weigh out twenty ounces of water to put on it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is America. We do both. Yes. Yeah. That's so both both are welcome in our house. But that's great. So you're you've been doing that to make some pizza and coffee. Yes. Yeah. Good. Separately, not good. together. Okay. Yeah. Coffee pizza right. would be yeah, would be not bad. Yeah. But once you start, grams are great because measuring by a cup is like a, a volume is tricky. Yeah. But, yeah. But weight is pretty precise. I guess people didn't have kitchen scales a hundred years ago. Right. So they used right. volume. Right. But weight is much easier. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And you don't have to dirty a bunch of cups and right, teaspoons right. and measuring spoons. And yeah, you just put everything, put your bowl on the scale and yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So and the metric is easier. It is. It yep. is. It is. Um, undeniably. So we're, we're grateful for all of our, <laughs> our metric for listeners out there. Canadian, for That's all right. the Canadians that right. force us to buy two liters. <laughs> anyway, well, how are you? Good. Yeah, yeah, doing doing really well. Thanks. It's been it's been a good it's been a good week. Uh, a good 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 month. The temperature is getting a little warmer mm-hmm. here, um, and um, I think we were talking earlier. Allergies are kind of rough here, but um, sound like they're rough there as well in a lot of parts. Of the I world. think they're bad everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Allergies are annoying. I uh, sort of very drippy in the morning, but, uh, you know, take some medications and a shower and take off. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Just, um, and then regret how dirty the car looks from all the pollen. <sighs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, I'm talking here with my good old friend, recently renewed Daniel Hilty. So, uh, I want to say a few words about Daniel cause, uh, some of our listeners, one of our listeners, my mom, somebody was asking, uh, sort of say a little bit about ourselves, and you're from Missouri. That's right. Cape Girardeau. That's right. That's right. Originally, yes. Originally. Originally. Never been there, but it's a great name. And you're a budding middle-ager like myself. I am. I'm Prime of your life. You know, embracing the glories of middle age. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exciting Saturday is cleaning out the garage. Try to keep up. With, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And you're a Methodist clergy, and you've been serving Methodist churches for, what, 20-some years? Right. It's going on more tw- than that. 24 years now. We have been in um, various places around Missouri. Uh, Missouri is, um, for those of 
you may not be familiar with it. It's a, it's a, a state in the kind of in the middle of um, the U.S. Um, we've served um, churches in a, a suburb of St. Louis and uh, in a little town called Fayette, and then uh, in Jefferson City, which is the state capital, and uh, we're in Springfield now, which is the third largest city in um, Missouri, but there's a big gap between the top two, which are St. Louis and Kansas City, and then Springfield. Um, hmm. So yeah, we're ha- happy to be here. So. And the two of us met in undergrad at Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, in the Wesley Foundation, which is a Methodist campus ministry. Yes. As I recall, you were the small group coordinator when I got in, for Wesley Foundation when I got involved in it. And Might I think, have been. I think you had some good... Some good small groups for us. Oh, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, it really was. And I am here with my uh, uh, my my equally uh, good and and renewed old friend um, Kevin Taylor. Um, Kevin, you are a professor of religion at uh, Pfeiffer College uh, in uh, North Carolina. I forget the name of the town at the moment. What, what's the name of the town? We live in Albemarle. Okay, um, okay. Yep. Right. Pfeiffer is in a small town village, technically, named Meisenheimer. Meisenheimer. What a great name. Yes. Um, and, and you are also Methodist clergy and have served churches in various places around the country, right, before coming to Pfeiffer? Served a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. North Carolina and Texas. Great, great. And um, you are married, and you, you and uh, and your your wife have three sons, right? The proud parents of three boys. Yes, yes. Great. And you have two children. Yes, boy, a daughter, and a son. Yes, yes. That's right. That's right. Um, Join. Yeah, and so th- this is um, it's a great great renewal of friendship, and also you know, and this is sort of a segue moment here. Something to do. Yeah, for sure. Right? right? Like if you connect with old friends, what are you going to do? Um, if you have the phone call, it's like, well, what are you going to talk about? So you can talk about your families or uh, you could reminisce, but so many friendships are based on some kind of a shared purpose. Right. Right? And St. Augustine talks about that with the city, C.S. Lewis, like the you know shared loves of something. Mm. So it's really cool that not only we've reconnected, but if we called every week and just awkwardly talked about our families, it would be neat. But even better, we get to create something together. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love that. I'm so grateful for this journey with you and getting to talk about board games and... Uh, religion and spirituality and faith. That's the, um, the idea behind this, this podcast, uh, Board Game Faith, is we are trying to um, create a space where not just the two of us, but other folks too in the future can explore those areas where board games and, and, and sometimes just gaming in general and play in general overlap with um, with the spiritual life and with um, spiritual meaning. Um, you and I have been 
talking the first episode and this episode too, and for a few episodes, but we're going to, I think, you know, hopefully maybe have some guests and talk to them about their experiences of um, those places in their lives where gaming and spirituality overlap. We'll be talking about some, some books um, that um, also explore the subject and, and talking about some, you know, of course, board games and mechanisms and such along the way. And, and we'll probably work in some good or bad dad jokes <laughs> that our dads told us that's right but we will think they're hilarious think they're hilarious <laughs> and you won't until you hear about the fifth one and eventually your defenses break down and then sort of like knock knock jokes they eventually just get to you yes. that's exactly right exactly right i have that conversation with our children they'll say dad you know i'll, I'll tell i'll tell a series of puns in my in a sermon for example and they'll say dad you know those just aren't funny and i'll say why Everyone knows they're not funny. So the point is you just, you just wear people down with them. That's the point. They just, eventually they laugh, so he'll stop. <laughs> so. A friend claimed decades ago that in visiting Mexico, you had to tip the mariachi band to get them to leave. <laughs> That's right. Put, 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 another, put another 20 in the offering plate and maybe the preacher will stop telling the Maybe puns. the preacher will, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Also, there's a bird chirping. I like it. I like it. It makes it, uh, it brings in part of the beauty of nature. It's certainly not overwhelming or distracting at all. And it's, it's a very, very nice, pleasant background. How about this? (laughs) (laughs) What what kind of birds do you have there? We're already into the after dark part of the, of the recording. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing we've been talking about is uh, games and the human experience, and I think we've got some ideas, don't we? Right, yeah, yeah. We are, um, we have been talking about that maybe, you know, one good topic to start the uh, podcast is to explore why we're doing this, right? Like, so why do we mm-hmm. game? Why game, to, to put it uh, briefly, and expanding it a little bit, uh, you and I have talked about this idea of maybe we could talk about um, how are board games good for the soul, or maybe we could frame them as like, you know, spiritual benefits of board gaming. And um, we thought maybe a good way to organize that discussion for this first time, we're not going to do lists every time uh, other podcasts do lists much better, of course. But so we thought we'd talk about three reasons why board games are good for the soul or, or three spiritual benefits of board gaming. And that maybe we just kind of go back and forth. And I've, I've got a bonus. I've got a bonus reason why board games, but I'll save that for the end. So does that sound like a bonus? A good play? Yeah, sure. Sure. I get a plus one. A plus one. Yeah, I I think it's gonna be awesome. Cool. And we don't We honestly, Scout's Honor, don't know what the other person's going to say, do we? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, worked it out. I am waiting with anticipation, with bated breath, as they say, mm. um, for, for, for your list. As, as are our right. listeners. Oh, I see it. Oh, I see it in the camera. Okay. But I didn't see it long enough to read it. Correct. Fortunately, I'm, I'm screenshotting like every two seconds of this. So I just <laughs> so I'll call up. The... <laughs> right. 
So anyway, um, but yeah, would you like to begin, Kevin? What's what's uh yeah what's yeah a reason I think um, and along these lines, just as a, a preface, we probably need to go to spiritual dangers at some point. Would be an interesting topic, like oh, right? Yeah, you know, right? Are there down. dangers in in board gaming? But um, I'll write that down. To games and the human experience, uh, I think one great lesson is limitations. Mm. That life is defined by limitations. Mm. So, mm. Uh, and that's kind of an existentialist type thing of you know to choose whatever you choose means you're not choosing something else. Wow. Yeah. Whether it's hanging out with friends or cleaning the kitchen, like whatever choice, and I guess it's economic as well, economics, opportunity costs, that that when you do something, you're also not doing other things. And you have to choose because you're alive mm. and you have a mm. set amount of time and you can't do everything. And so life is always in a weird way about choices and budgeting and priorities, whether it's time or money. And of course, time is the one thing we cannot save and we should enjoy life, carpe diem, and that sort of thing. And so uh, I think board games are a great way to think about that because almost every board game has some kind of resource management mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. kind of choice, you know, which, which, when do I time this? What's the reward here? And I think that's a very wise way of living, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of um, learning to make choices without guilt and without fear but aware of the cost, right? That's and, so good. And so I think that's a, um, that's a wise way of living. And I, I see people in terms of their own lives, like people freak out about money. Like people can be really strange about money that they, and that's a spiritual issue in my mind. Like they might, they feel like they spent too much money so they'll drive across town to go to Subway to save a dollar on the sandwich, right? Right. And that's right. not a logical po- choice because right. you shouldn't spend money about feelings and driving across town costs you more in gas than the dollar savings. Right, right. Right, or driving around trying to find the cheapest gas is wasting time and money. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. great to save on gas, but it doesn't make sense to save by spending other stuff. And board games can help you be aware of that or unlock that because it gives you a space to make choices that aren't threatening and hopefully make that leap of realizing we're always doing that. I so love that's that. my number one. I love that. I would have never thought about that, but but you're right. Board games are really a great exercise in... In, uh, in 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 learning that it, it is okay to we really don't have a choice but to live with limits and to to see that not necessarily as a as a threat or a bad thing but things to just something to manage. If I may ask, I don't want to put you on the spot. Can can you think of a particular game that that comes to mind right away? But like in terms of like that's just that gives you that feeling of like ah. I, I want to do these things, but I can't because there are so few choices or so few limits. Well, it's got to be a Euro game, right? Right. Because right. those are the ones that are the most baffling. Uh, if you've played A Feast for Odin, yes. that's just a kind of, I want to do this, but I can't do this, and I want to do that. And you really have to prioritize and then live with those priorities. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, That's great. And the small choices can really go either way. Yeah, yeah. Just like eating a candy bar once a month will eventually catch up with you. (laughs) 
Just one candy bar. You're right. It just takes those few calories every month. Right, right, right. That's uh, great. Yeah. What about you? Do you think of certain games that... Oh, um, yeah, that's a, great, that's a great question as well. I guess one thing that comes to mind is um, Underwater Cities. And, uh, again, a Euro game, but there are just so many things I want to do in that game, but I can't. You know, you have just, I think it's just three workers and, um, and, and trying to think tactically and strategically about, you know, how can I best use this, this very limited resource of three workers to accomplish um, goals that are, um, you know, that will help me try to get where I'm going. Um, but no, Feast for Odin is great. Actually, I, I have a friend, uh, Jordan, who lis- listened to the first podcast as well. That, yeah, that's Hello, a, Jordan. That's, yeah, that's his favorite game. He, he, I think he's logged. It's a tremendous game. Yeah, and it's on Board yeah. Game Arena now. Is it really? So you can play it online. Yeah, it's great. Cool. You know, and... Hearing you talk about that, I, I think about, I don't know what it is, but when you play a game where you feel really limited like that, there's something so just exciting about that and, 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 and satisfying in a way. But when it happens in real life, it's like so frustrating. You know, and I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the difference is, but you know, I can play a game and it's like, oh, there's so many choices. Oh, this is awesome. You know, <laughs> but then it's in, in, in life, it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, yes, I don't know yes. what to do. Um, so I don't know. And that's partly where games aren't real. Like eventually right, go, right. It's, it's pieces of cardboard. And but real life is real. Yeah. If you yeah. pick the blue car, then buyer's remorse. Eventually you wish you'd gotten the red car. Right. If you're a midlife crisis type of person like we are and you're stuck with, I mean, unless you're willing to trade it back in type thing. But, yeah, you really live with choices, whereas the board games are on a shelf. Like, they're not alive anymore. They're dead mm. or they're resting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every night, if you play a board game every night, you get to practice again on making choices, making good choices. That's good. Great number one. Excellent. Kevin, well, I'm going to hear yours. Thank you. Thank you. Well... It's somewhat related. Um, my first one is um, the board games help us to imagine new possibilities. Um, and I, I've got a couple uh, subpoints on that. The first is kind of just thematically um, helping us to imagine new possibilities. And this is honestly, you know, something that all art does, um, I- including video games. Um, you know, my, my, my children, um, you know, like, and I talk about this, you know, they, they, they say probably video games do this even better than board games, but, um, but this idea of just allowing you to imagine, um, a new role for yourself, a new identity for yourself, um, and allowing me to kind of imagine doing things that I've never done before. You know, when I, um, when I play, you know, Everdell, I'm, I'm suddenly a hedgehog, you know, in, in the forest. Uh, and a wooden hedgehog, nonetheless, um, or power grid, you know, I'm, I'm managing, you know, coal and coal plants and wind farms in Germany, you know, or, um, or, uh, Concordia. I'm, 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 uh, I'm trading in the Mediterranean as, as, uh, as that, as maligned as that theme is sometimes. So, you know, thematically imagining new roles and new identities, but, and I think this, really does relate to what you're saying. The other way I think about that is that it imagines us, it allows us the opportunity to, to imaginatively enter into different life skills 
um, which mm, we may mm-hmm. not necessarily have in other opportunities. And again, I, I, I do think this is related to what you're saying. Um, for example, I mean, I'm, I'm an awful, I've never even, I'm an awful negotiator. I've never even dreamed of being a negotiator in my life. But, um, but then we got this game Bonanza, right? You know, this, uh, the yes, Uwe Rosenberg's yes. very first game. And um, Chinatown. It's a great game. Chi- yeah. And Chinatown is kind of like this too. But, you know, the, the heart of that game, Bonanza, is where this awesome, this awesome, seg- you know, part of every turn where basically there are no rules and you're just trying to uh, negotiate a trade around the table. And, uh, and you can offer anything and you can do it with any player. And... Um, I, I, I love that, you know, and I, there's no other place in my life, I think, where I would, um, be so immersed into the world of negotiation as that, but that's, that's an opportunity to, to, um, to practice this life skill of negotiation, um, collaboration, of course, as well, you know, there, especially through the cooperative games, uh, um, um, semi-cooperative, we've got like between two cities, um, or between two castles of Mad King Ludwig, where, you know, you, we posted this on our uh, social media, our Instagram, our Facebook and Twitter um, in the last couple weeks. But, you know, where you're trying to work with your neighbors to build the best possible castle, you know. And, and, and if you want to win the game, you have to do your very best to help both of your neighbors do their very best, too. I mean, what an awesome life skill, you know, just to like, you know, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. if I'm going to benefit in life... Ultimately, I, I have to work for the benefit of my neighbors too. You know that, that we're all connected, and I love that. You know, it's so cool. Um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, if I can uh, jump in for yeah, a moment. Yeah. One of the first moments with the board game where I saw what board games could do is Pandemic, yes. and that's that type of uh, life skill, as you said. And I love the idea that you can argue, you can try to convince, you can try to coordinate, but ultimately, whoever's turn it is, they still get to choose. Yes. And we've had to have that argument sometimes in the family because the alpha player, mm-hmm. for us, is our youngest. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to respect the fact that if his brother doesn't listen to him, that's his choice. Yeah, yeah. Even if the 11-year-old alpha gamer is right, you still have to be like, okay, right. this is what we're doing. Right. You have to accept right. it. And working together to defeat the board is just so cool because – yes. If you're like me, growing up with Trivial Pursuit, Monopoly, and kind of thing, Clue, you're always playing against each other. And yeah. playing against the board, against the AI, is just awesome. It really is. And it builds community. And yeah. that was just mind-blowing to me. I love that. I love that. A pandemic is And I don't feel bad about beating the board. Like, exactly. I might feel bad beating you. I mean, I actually, I actually wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> unless you beat me. Like, I would. Or, I right? would be- I would be honored. I'd be honored to be, to be beaten by you in a board game. Yeah. I mean, I would never be. You would obviously win because no, you're a better gamer than I am. You are so much better than I am. <laughs> Humble war. <laughs> but I don't feel bad about beating the game because it, you get, yeah, it's exactly. just paper, right? You yeah, know, it's impersonal. Yeah. So I get to be alpha gamer without watching Daniel cry. So yeah. that's great. I love it. I love it. And Pandemic's such a great example of that. I mean, that... that yeah, that's that. That's awesome. And in the example I gave with your family, I mean, it's also you know developing the life skill of you know respecting other people's choices and and offering loving a person by 
allowing them to exercise their agency, you know, within, within right. bounds right. that are safe for them. You know, my wife's a social worker and, and she often talks about, you know, that she'll work with clients that she thinks, you know, she, they make decisions she wouldn't necessarily make herself, but, um, you know, that she always, she always talks about, it reminds me that it's important enough, it's important to, you know, respect the client enough to allow them to make choices, even mm. if choices, even choices you think might be bad choices, you know, but that's how we respect the humanity of the other person, you know? Right. Yeah. That's cool. That's good. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, that's my number one. Thank you. Excellent. Wow. So Kevin, number two, number, number okay. two, number two, Casey Kasem. <laughs> Uh, my second comment about games and the human experience is that things have beginnings and endings. And mm. this is ties into sort of narrative theology and narrative preaching and things that life is more of a story than a scientific manual. So while scientific manuals or engineering books are important, our lives are much more narrative-based. Mm. And so mm. this idea of my life began and it goes through a series of episodes or seasons or chapters or, you know, acts like Shakespeare. And then at some point it's going to end um, because that's life. Games also have a beginning and an ending and a building phase. So it's kind of tying us into a a way of thinking about um, narrative and thinking about story and going back to highlights or even moral choices. Some games make you feel Mm-hmm. So I have mm-hmm. don't have too many of them, I have to confess, but I think it's uh is it dead of winter? One of those, like you're surviving a Yeah. Like a zombie apocalypse. I've never okay, played. Okay, it. it's not the zombie one, it's the other one where it's a wartime one and you're in an apartment building. Oh, I don't and know. You have about to make one. choices. Yeah. Uh you probably do. And it's called something. I've heard a game called remember. The King's Dilemma, where you have to make moral choices. I've not played it, but I've heard that's kind of the core mechanism of the whole game is like... Is is the... Yeah. And, like, and living with the... All right. And there was a Walking Dead video game by Telltale Games, I think, that I played where you really did have to make choices about saving people. And Walking mm. Dead was a bit about that with the zombies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because, right, you know, there were tough choices they had to make. Yeah, yeah. In terms of community and survival. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, think that... Um, Thinking of life as an adventure with a beginning and a, a middle and the end, or a, the author Peter DeVries said a, a beginning, a muddle, and an end. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the Hobbit, right? That old Bilbo is just on his front step and Gandalf comes up and says, let's go on an adventure. And four books later, the Ring of Sauron is destroyed. Yeah. So yeah. Life, is, life, is a, life is a story and an adventure. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. That's great. You know, and what I like about that also is, I mean, that, that doesn't just necessarily apply to, you know, I hear the word narrative. I think of, you know, like a, like a narrative-based game, which it certainly would apply to that. But as I hear you talking about it, it's not just narrative, explicitly narrative-based games. You know, it's, it's every game has, this, has this, this moment where we all say, okay, let's enter into this world where we're all going to follow these rules. And then... And, and and that's the start of a story, yeah. And then, and then the and then you you muddle through what happens next, and then you reach a defined ending. Whether it's necessarily guided by you know a, a written, um, scripted narrative or not. Right. No. I like absolutely. That. I like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's great. Thank you. 
good number two. Well, let's, let's hear your number two. <laughs> My number two, uh, and I touched on this a, a little bit last time in the intro episode, but I just, I can't not say it for my top three reasons. My number two is that board games bring people together. Um, mm. um, and I, I, again, I apologize that I'm repeating a little bit of this from the last time, but what has amazed me most about the board game groups that I've started at the last two churches I've been in is just this, the, the breadth of folks who come together for board games um, mm. that from the very beginning, it, it consistently brought together college students and retirees. Um, and, and, um, and, and, and now it's even kind of expanded even more. Now we're getting, you know, children and their families, you know, as, the children as, as young as eight or nine years old. Um, and, um, you know, and across just every spectrum that you can, uh, can think of, uh, you know, we've got singles and married and different, um, um, levels of uh, wealth and and, uh, and physical ability, um, and um, and um, both sides of the, the political aisle, um, diff- different variety of different racial ethnic backgrounds, um, 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 uh, we got you know gay straight and folks just coming together. I have a, I have a, you know, one of my favorite stories um, related to one of our groups was um, a member of the group who was, came from the community, um, no connection to the church, just started playing with us and became really active in it, one of our core members. And, hmm. and was just getting more and more involved in, in, in the church and activities. And um, anyway, one night privately afterwards, he, he told me that... Uh, um, that he used to be really active involved in churches and, um, and, and came out as gay once to his pastor and became disowned. And, and he just said he thought he would never come back to a church again. But he said when, the, when he heard that this church had a board game group, he said, maybe that's a safe place, you know, that I could get involved. Hmm. So it was, it was a cool, you know, and, and I used to feel kind of, um, a little bit qualified in saying that people brings board games bringing people together because I realized that in some ways it seems like a very privileged Western thing, you know, that we, you know, it costs money to buy board games, you know, all stuff. But I don't really feel that apologetic about that part of it anymore as I've been diving into the subject more. You know, I talked about this last time. You know, the board games really are this ubiquitous part of human culture. We, you know, may not be called board games, but people playing them on playing games on flat surfaces, you know, have been around in every civilization, every, every society. And sure we commercialize it today by, you know, making all these blinged out cardboard things and plastic mm-hmm. things, but it doesn't Hard, have card to be sleeves. Have yeah, you sleeved your right, game? right, right, right. <laughs> um, and you know, another, and I, I think another favorite story that that's reminded me of was once I preached about, you know, board games uh, in a sermon and, uh, a member of our church who's from Sierra Leone in Western Africa came up afterwards, a young man and, he said, yeah, I said, you know, back home, he said, in my grandparents' village, he says, they, uh, uh, every night, they, they, my grandparents set up this, this, this game, and uh, people from all around the village come to their house and play these games together, and, you know, and, oh, and, wow. you know so, it's, so it's, not, it's not just this, you know, middle-class Western thing, mm-hmm. you know. It's something that I think is uh, across the board, no, uh-huh. no, uh, 
no, no uh, pun, no pun intended there, um, is, is a part of the human experience. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and since the very beginning has been bringing people together. So that's and, number and, two. And, and to the, no, that's, that's tremendous. And, and that's actually similar to my next, um, well, I'll, I'll save it, but, but, uh, yeah, it does bring people together. And to your point about it being a sort of middle-class Western approach, I mean, yeah, that Bonanza costs 12 bucks, right? right? (laughs) So some of the, there are terrific games out there that are very approachable and, and you do not have to buy these expensive games unless you want to, and it's in your budget. And if, again, back to life and limitations, if it, if it works for you, that's great. And you, you should do that without guilt or fear. The problem is if you're not contributing in other ways or if you're making other people jealous or, you know, coveting. Right. That's that's the dark side, I think, of yeah, yeah. the board game community is sort of the constant coveting and, and uh, right, right. sort of rush for the next excitement. And, and I know those things because they're in me, so I'm very comfortable. <laughs> me too, it. me too. But, but yeah, and I think it's a common bit. Um, but, yeah, I love that, bringing people together. And I, I had that thought as well at a board game store, uh, some – Gosh, how long? This is sad. 20, I'll say 20 years ago, because I don't even want to pause to do the math exactly. But it was in Houston, Texas at a board game store. And one of the employees there was uh, physically, ch- I think he'd been in a car accident. So he didn't mm-hmm. walk, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, a, in a standard abled sense. And he had lots of wizard rings on, like D&D, and he had a staff and long hair. And then somehow he mentioned to me that he was gay. And I just thought a comic book store is the one place where this guy who breaks every sort of stereotype category yes, <laughs> yes. can can find, you know, like in a board game store or a comic book store, if you like X-Men, they don't really care, right? right? As long as you have a common interest, it's totally fine. And I just found that very interesting. And I'm not trying to be naive that there isn't prejudice or problems or harassing and those sorts of things in any community and nerds are now dominant because of marvel movies and star wars yeah yeah so there's a lot of power but at least back then um when you're kind of the nerdy uncool kids you accept others more readily i think yeah and so you can get some of that yeah in the board gaming all you need is to want to play. That's all you need. Exactly, exactly. And I love that. Down yeah. in Houston, Texas, we lived there. Basically, there's an idea, at least in Houston, that they didn't care where you're from, but if you wanted to live in Texas, you were a Texan. And I always loved that kind oh, of that spirit. Oh, that is nice. Yeah, yeah. Now, well, I don't know if that's the whole state, but it was never where. where's your parents from. It's Because Houston is so cosmopolitan, no one's from there. So okay. if you just want to be there, then you're accepted. That's cool. You're a Houstonian. There's something cool about a, a club whose only whose only admission requirement is just a desire to be a part of it. You can't yes. ever, yeah, yeah. Yes. I love that. Or Wesley, a desire to flee from the wrath to come. Right. Oh. Right. Isn't that what Wesley said? Look at look at you. To be the Methodist. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. No, you you're the one that reminded me. It was you saying desire. Okay, okay. Well It wasn't me. It was you. You're you're very kind. Thank you. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> So what's your number three? My number three is similar to yours. Uh, I I phrased it as encounters. Like mm. we get to have encounters with others and have shared goals. 
whether it's simply to play a game or to connect or, again, to have something to do. Yeah, I guess I'm at yeah. a point where I like doing things. And so you and I are making a podcast and, and at a board game table, we're, we're doing something. Like after a while, I can't just sit there and yik-yak forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm ready to go clean up the kitchen, and I want to keep talking, but I get—I I don't know if it's ADD. I don't know. I get fidgety. Right. But right, board games, right. I like. Right. You it know, gives us got, something to do. I, I like having something to do, and yeah, I like, yeah. want to do it with you. Right. Yep. Yep. yep so yep. whether it's going for a walk, whether it's um, whatever, like a board game is a shared goal, and uh, I think those are important for bringing people together and meeting really interesting, as you said, there are lots of interesting people out there. Yes, yes. And board games give you an entree. I love that. I, I totally agree. Some of my, my best friends in my life I've gotten to know around the board game table um, or the virtual board game table. Like, like. So if I may ask, do you, not to put you on the spot, can, can you think of, is there a game that comes to mind when you think of just something you've had a really good experience with others on just like that, that's really has been a, a great game to play for the experience of it with others. Since my board gaming experience has been very pandemic related. Yes. So it's yes. mostly been with the family cause right. we were in quarantine, right. but yeah, pandemic season one oh, yeah. um, was just great. And yeah. we had a great time and that was m- Mostly the youngest kid, but a few others got into it. And then Gloomhaven was a lot of fun, unboxing nice. those different characters and the upgrades. So it's mostly been the family. Yeah, I've had some fun times with Twilight Imperium is great with a bunch of dudes. Oh, that's awesome. And Eclipse. So it's it's kind of a sci-fi escape. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I, I don't have a vibrant story coming to mind, but I think no, you do. No, it's great. It's great. No, no. No, I want to hear your, your stories better. No, I really don't have much of one related to that. <laughs> though though you're, you're, what you said previously, my best story, no, is, um, I mean, the thing that comes to mind in terms, for me, in terms of just shared awesome experiences, telestrations, and, uh, and that's yeah, mostly yeah. with my family, too. But I have, we just don't laugh as much as a family as we do around telestrations. It's just, it, especially when we make up our own rules, we just kind of throw away the rules in the book. Oh, and, really? And just, yeah. Um, and boy, um, um, uh, folks can see an example of this on some of our social media posting. On We have a posting a couple weeks ago on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. But yeah, just um, our son started this about you just throw away the, the prescribed topics and and we just make up topics and uh and he just like the more abstract the better you know for um and they're just they're just for our family just makes us uh giddy which oh which brings me to my next topic but i just wanted to share one thing what you were saying about gives it something to do that young man i talked shared about earlier who said he said he would never be in church before again but then came because of the board game that mm-hmm. was that was his point too. He said, "You know what?" He said, "Honestly, he said, uh, you try to get a bunch of guys together, and he's speaking specifically males in this case. You know, for the you know, oftentimes the way men are, however, raised or wired or however you want to phrase it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we don't tend to get together a lot just to spend time together." He said, "But but board games give us an excuse to." Mm-hmm. It's one, and again, and certainly, thankfully, board games are not just for, uh, for for males, of course. But um, but but in the case of of he was saying, you know, for him and some of his other male mm-hmm. friends, 
gives you an excuse to get together, you know, and just, right. Whereas, you know, normally you wouldn't sit around, a lot of people would be loath to sit around a table for an hour and just <laughs> talk, mm-hmm. but we get to do that with a board game, you know, it gives us an excuse mm-hmm. to do that. Anyway. Yeah. And I love the pauses and the chances to get into conversation. Yes. You know, create, but, but then you can get back to the game. And so there's it, a real right ebb and flow. And I love that bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it get, when there's that awkward pause, you can say, uh, okay, let's get back to the game. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, I have played with some people playing Eclipse and we've just had uh, some really funny moments of speculating about the game itself. Like, why is this alien have, <laughs> what is this antenna do? <laughs> you can get into a lot of really just off the wall, um, fun stuff, just sort of enjoying the game yeah. itself. I guess this remi- reminds me, I'm really into the narrative thing. And so the stuff I've talked about, yes, the, um, both Gloomhaven and pandemic season one. I, I love that shared, I guess it's almost like a play. Like I like that yeah. like drama. Like I like that shared story. Yeah. Experience together. Um, so yeah, that's so cool. Even with eclipse, you know, which isn't, I, mean, I haven't played it, but I understand it's not, you know, explicitly a narrative driven game, but you you and your friends developed a narrative around that. You know, it's like, hey, remember that mm-hmm. that alien with mm-hmm. the weird yeah, thing? And yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's great. And I had and I had four nuclear missiles, and <laughs> then I rolled the dice, and they all missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's it, it's awesome. a it's a narrative that you've created. Yeah, mm-hmm. that does seem to be a really uh, important part of your gaming experience. That's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks. Thank you. Well, my number three is um, that board games help us to be more fully human. Um, and I've got two sub points on that. Uh, <laughs> um, but the, the first is um, board games help us to be more fully human. The, the, the first is, um, you know, there's that old saying that to a person with a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think mm-hmm. is so true for so many things in life. And, and I think that is true with playing games. And I, I, I've noticed this in my own life, that the more I've, I've gotten into games, the more it has kind of occurred to me, and I, and I think to others too, the more they get into games, that how much so many of the other things we do in life are, are games too, you know, or, or, or uh, are game-like in ways. Mm. Um, you know, this whole, um, you know, what are the things we do to, get ahead and work, you know, and, and, uh, um, um, and, and what are the things we do uh, to get what we want out of a relationship and, you know, and, and, uh, what are the things we do to, um, to say the right thing in the right way to, uh, you know, to make this person like us or, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and even, even kind of extending that, you know, um, um, we have to learn the rules to fill out our tax forms, you know, and we have to, and it's, it's always even kind of our legal system is, and I, I support the legal system, you know, but, but is like, I mean, it's this sense of there are these rules written down and we just all kind of agree to follow these rules, you know, um, um, until when we don't, until <laughs> we don't, that's right. That's right. Um, but it's this sense that I, I guess for me, the more I kind of got into games, the more I kind of, came to feel like everything 
not everything, but so many other things in life is, are, 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 are game-like as well. And yet they're games we don't realize that we're playing. Mm. And in many instances, they're not fun games. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so and, and so there's almost kind of this, this moment of realization that, you know, if, if we can't help but play games, um, I think I talked about this, this book, Homo Ludens, uh, from a, a, a Dutch philosopher, just says, you know, we're, we're made to play games. If we can't help but play games whether we realize it or not, we might as well be conscious of the games that we play and do our best mm-hmm. to choose games that are fun yeah. and that are good. I like you know, that. You know. I like it. Um, thanks. Um, so that's kind of the first thing that may help us be more fully human. The other thing is, and this kind of get a little bit more theological, and you've already touched on it as well, but, you know, the sense that, you know, what do we believe about the nature of God, you know, and, 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 and about the nature of creation? You know, and, and do we believe that God you know, put us on this earth, you know, for 80 years of misery. Um, is that why God created humanity, you know? Or is it the sense of, you know, delighting in life, you know, delighting in creation, mm-hmm. um, delighting in other people, delighting in existence and life and being, you know, in, in being in communion with God, Um and I think games help us to remember that, you know, that, that, and I mentioned this briefly last time too, you know, it's, it, they force us into these moments where we're not trying to prove anything, produce anything. It's just sheer delight in life, you know? And, um, I, I think there's a pressure that comes from various sources about feeling like we shouldn't do that. We should feel guilty about that. Um, and, and to me, at least that gets down to the question of what do we believe about God? You know, is, is, I've, I've got to believe that if, you know, God is a good and a loving God, um, that God takes delight in creation, delighting in creation, you know. Um, I, I think part of that guilt, sometimes we feel about that, comes from the fact of, you know, we realize in some ways it, it feels like a luxury. And of course, in some ways it is. But, and we think about, you know, oh, there, there are many, many people who don't have this opportunity. And of course, that's true. But I, you know, I, I think the way to the way to try to address that is to try our best to live lives that help others delight in life too, you know, and and that means, you know, it's like the hard stuff, like working for, you know, justice and mercy and you know service and empowerment and all of that. Um, denying our own selves opportunities to delight in life doesn't add to the delight in life of somebody else. You know, I, I think what, what it, allowing ourselves to delight in life, if it does anything, helps to get out into the world around us, this idea that it's important and it's a part of being human and everybody deserves it, you know, and what can we do to make sure that everyone deserves that? Um, yeah, no, you're so, and and no. we're not made for um work and service alone. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and so that would be an inhuman reality. Yeah, right. Uh, so the games restore us and uh yeah, they give us a chance to delight, which then makes yeah, I mean it's all about balance, right? But, right, um, right, right. It 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 um two of my favorite etymologies um uh you know the the German word for blessed is uh Zelig, 
um, which is a um, which is related to the English word silly, right? So, so this really? idea of being silly uh, traces its roots back to this idea of being blessed. And then the other one is giddy. Um, giddy uh, originally meant filled with God, right? That if you were filled with God, you were giddy. And uh, I, I, I love both of those etymologies because I think, I think they, they capture a little bit of, of this idea, you know, that silliness, giddiness, play may not be contrary to the purpose of God, but, but may in fact um, be signs of um, some of the most important dimensions of why God created us in the first place, you know, and why we're here. Mm-hmm. So makes me think of church and the arts as a larger topic of, of yeah. um, should churches not just take all their money and give it to the poor? And you can certainly build an ethic and argue that in some ways, but then the history of the church has not been that. At, at times it's been too extravagant, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but there was an idea that we needed to create a space of beauty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that people could worship in, mm-hmm. that we don't just get together and pass the plate and leave. Right, right. Right, right we need to have a church service. I mean, I, I, and at a certain point, you probably have enough gold leaf Bible <laughs> cases, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I, I love, that. yeah, church in the arts is a great topic of exploration for that. I mean, the church was the arts, and, and for Islam, right? Islam yeah. was the basis for lots of Islamic art and architecture, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so we see that impulse. Yeah, yeah. I, to, I, to, to delight, and not just, not just to worship, and not just to serve, and not just to pray, but also to create and delight. Yeah. We see that probably in every culture. Bonhoeffer has Religion. some quote that talks about, you might know it better than I do, I don't remember it much, but just this idea of, like, you know, at least in, in, uh, in, in predominantly Christian societies, you know, he, he asks, you know, who will preserve arts and culture if not the church? You know, I mean, who, mm-hmm. who and I, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, wow, yeah. That's great. That's awesome. And, and then you had a bonus one. Oh. And I've got a bonus one too. I'm asking you selfishly because I've got a bonus. My bonus yes. is just a sense of escape. Mm. That life can be drudgery. And I guess after Genesis 3, like it's going to be some drudgery with gardening and childbirth. And you and I both know how difficult childbirth is, right? We both, <laughs> I, I know my second trimester was the most challenging, really. I won't not, talk about I'm it. Not, anyway. I'm not uh, touching that. <laughs> <laughs> sympathetic pregnancy um, yeah no just a sense of escape from things like it's just nice to to pretend and, yeah, and get away yeah. from mowing the grass and paying taxes and yeah yeah bunch of 20 year olds or a bunch of parishioners yeah just just the value of escape um, just I to, love that yeah that's and good. your bonus? That's good. Uh, my bonus is... Um, the bonus, bonus round. The, the bonus round. The bonus reason that board games are good for the soul is um, the new board game smell. <laughs> I 
you, the drawing effect and the know, nasal passages. You know what I'm talking about, cardboard. don't you? Or, did yeah, you know? Yeah. That we, yeah I, <laughs> my, it's like a new car, but better. My dear wife, Kristen, I, she, she's so kind. She's even getting into this now, too, because she... she uh, but, you know, when you first open up that box <laughs> and you lift up the, the, the... And by the way, then, also, you don't want to miss the... Uh, the, the new board game burp too, right? The sound of the, when the, right, when the, when the top right. lid first comes off, it has that nice little new board game burp. But then the smell, mm, plastic the new, and cardboard, the and new board, you just, just inhale it deeply. And life is beautiful for a moment. It's like you're in the middle of a field <laughs> of cardboard lilies. <laughs> Consider the beauty uh, of the lilies of the field, which, our Lord and Savior meant a bunch of games. That's, it was, it's a metaphor. It's all a metaphor. It's all a metaphor. Oh, that's great. No, it is fun. I do get a little sense of dread because I'm, I think, I'm like, oh gosh, I got to learn this. And I get kind of, I don't know, do you get nervous like opening it up? Because then I get a little stressed, I think, from like, I guess part of me is like, I've got to figure this out right now. And I feel sort of, sort of. Oh, okay. Okay. I get it. There's a strange push pull. Like I'm so excited to get it, but I'm also kind of like, I don't know, like worried that you hepped up to figure it out. Yeah. That, and, and kind of concerned that maybe you won't figure it out in quickly I don't enough. Know. Or, I don't know what uh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Or just, I just feel this pressure. Like I need to figure it out. And then, okay. Okay. Of course, what it's going to mean is two weeks of screwing up the rules. So oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, it doesn't say that in here. Oh wait, it does. <laughs> You search it on the BGG forum and it says, yes. as, as stated on page 10 of the rules. As stated on page 10, yeah, yeah. the rules lawyer. So yeah, that, that is funny, the, the the opening the new board game. Yeah, that is really pleasant. There's a there's a bit in the, so the Shut Up and Sit Down YouTube channel yeah. made a documentary a few years ago about, um, about Twilight Imperium. Mm-hmm. That's worth watching. Very interesting interviewing the people. But the guy that created it actually put himself in the hospital with some kind of pneumonia because he was punching out all those pieces himself, and he wow. did it for much in the warehouse. He inhaled so much cardboard dust that it no, hospitalized him. Isn't no it crazy? Way. Oh my goodness, that's awful. Because he just sweated. Like he was one of the first to make a game like that. So he'd go to these conventions and try to get people to buy it. So he's a one man shop. Oh, no. Christian Peterson. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's really wild. But it's, is he was he okay? It, I mean, did he recover? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah he's okay. Fine. Okay. Wow. Poor guy. There, there's a little tomb on the front of the game, and that's <laughs> remembering his death. <laughs> they actually put a little bit of his ashes in every um, in every miniature. So that's what he wanted. That's what he wanted. It's, 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 he he um he lives on forever. He lives poor, on forever. Poor guy. Wow. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. So watch out for the burp. Don't okay. burp too much. But That's yeah, good to know. I know what you That's mean. Yeah, the punching. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting. Okay. Well, you're making a trip. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, um, that's right. I'm going to be uh, attending the uh, National Conference on the Value of Play, which I'm really excited about. It's, it's a conference that brings together a, uh, a lot of different professions uh, just who are uh, um, interested in how play can make life better. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting to talk about that uh, at, in our next podcast um, on a little report on the National Conference on the Value of Play. I, I expect copious notes and insights. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate your... Wow, how many people are going to be there? 
You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I think, I think I, on the edge of my memory, I think I saw somewhere like a couple thousand, but I may be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently it's, it's been Clemson. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, Clemson, South Carolina. Apparently it happens every couple years, but, um, I'm sorry, not every couple years, every year, but it's been, um, suspended in person, uh, because of COVID for the last couple of years, but this is this, they're back in, in person this year. So, um, and it's sports as well as games looks like. Well, I think, I think it does include, there is some, I think the theme this year, especially is uh, nature based play. I don't, but I don't think it's necessarily the theme every year, but that's the, the theme for this year. And yes, I think a, a component of it includes playgrounds, recreational equipment, things like that. But mm-hmm. also, uh, I think, um, uh, education teachers, um, psychologists, therapists, counselors, things like that. So, yeah. That is great. That's great. All right. Thanks. Well, we want to thank all our listeners for joining us for this time. We're planning to drop episodes every two weeks, I believe. That's yeah. the hope. And uh, we want to invite y'all. I think where we're most active right now is Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, um communicate with us via Instagram. Send us some photos. Let us know what's going on with you. And uh, if you got questions, comments, boardgamesfaith at gmail.com is a way to contact us directly. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I just want to add my thanks to you. We're so thankful for uh, each of you listening. We really appreciate it. Yep. Spread the good word. Play some good games. Make it a better world. That's your tagline. That's a good tagline. You like it? I like it. I'm going to make t-shirts. Okay. All right. Out of cardboard. (laughs) (laughs) Cardboard dust. (laughs) Let's do it. Not washable. Please do not wash this. (laughs) Okay. Goodbye, friends. All right. Bye-bye. I thought that was really good. Kevin, should I stop recording?